This episode of the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast is brought to you by CRE Launch Pro. This online commercial real estate program is designed to take you from beginner to pro commercial real estate investor with access to all of my courses, our online community, and monthly group coaching calls. Learn how to confidently buy your first commercial property today at www.crelaunchpro.com. Welcome back to the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast, live from the Cobble Group Studios. I'm excited to be back with you all. It has been about five weeks since I have been in the studio, which is a week longer than I was really anticipating, but we had some uh, we had some bad weather here in Nashville, as I'm sure some of you all have heard. I know the country's been getting rocked, and I live up on top of a ridge because Nashville is very hilly and could not get down my driveway. So we were literally trapped up there. Um, and it extended my sabbatical a week longer, which isn't the worst thing in the world. But, you know, after 30 days of being off and resting, recuperating, thinking through things, I was ready to get back into the office. So yesterday was great. It was my first day back and had a lot to catch up on, but I felt so energized and ready to get back to it. You know, when, uh, when I left you all, uh, back in December, which was the last episode of the office hours that we recorded, I was going on my sabbatical. It's the second year that I've done that. And every year I take 30 days off from December 15th through January 15th. And, you know, a lot of people think, how, how do you, how are you able to do that? You know, how do you just take off 30 days? Well, one, I've got a phenomenal team that helps run things when I'm not there. And two, it's by far the slowest time in real estate and especially commercial real estate throughout the year. I mean, December 15th through January 15th, nobody's really doing all that much. Most of the brokers are taking off for, you know, family vacations, celebrating the holidays. And most investors and companies that we represent that we are working with, you know, at the end of the year, they're trying to wrap things up. They want to spend time with family. At the beginning of the year, they're still planning for what they're going to do for the year. So it actually works out pretty well. Typically in a normal week, I have about four to 500 emails. And coming back, just to show you how how slow it actually was, over the five-week period, I had about 451 emails. So caught up on about 100 yesterday. I've got another 200 I'm trying to knock out today. We'll see how it goes. Mr. is saying, hey, hey, Mr. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Appreciate you guys joining me live. Uh, don't forget office hours every Tuesday at 8.30 a.m. Central Standard Time. I get asked a lot about uh, you know, just random questions about commercial real estate. Of course, I do have a coaching and consulting service, but if you ever want free advice on a project or you just have a quick question that you would like to ask on commercial real estate, this is the forum for that. So of course, this is going out live on the podcast. Well, not live. Of course, this is going out on the podcast as well. But if you'd like to join me live here on YouTube, you're more than welcome to jump in and ask anything you want and get advice. Jennifer saying, oh, wow, I'm also in Nashville. What is your suggestion for getting started investing in commercial real estate in Nashville in 2024? Hey, Jennifer, thanks for joining us. Yeah, the past week has been wild. I mean, I got to the office yesterday and it hadn't snowed for seven or eight days, but it got down to negative one, which for Nashville is unbelievably cold. And they just couldn't clear all the roads. I mean, a lot of the roads are still pretty bad. So it's, it's, uh, it's been tough to uh, really travel throughout the city. But Jennifer, what I would say, you know, the best, the, number one is, is just learn everything that you can about commercial real estate, right? Knowledge is power when it comes to this, this industry. And the more you know, the better it will be for you to find deals, 
to understand what is a deal, to understand how to structure deals. We've got all of those videos here on the YouTube channel for you to go and learn everything that you can. And it's all out there and it's free. I think now we're all co closing in on like 450 videos on this channel. So tons of content out there for you to go and learn how to do commercial real estate. Second step is, is to start networking. I think that the more people that you know that are actually doing what you want to do, the better you're going to be, right? You are the the sum of the five people that you surround yourself with. Isn't that what uh, uh, JLD says on Entrepreneur on Fire? You're, you know, you're the sum of the five people you, you spend the most time with. So if you start spending more time with people that are investing in commercial real estate, not only are you going to learn from them, but you'll get the opportunity to potentially partner with them. And I think that that is the best way to first get started, especially if you don't have an unlimited amount of capital, especially if you know, banks are going to look at your track record and say, oh, yeah, but you haven't done a commercial real estate deal before. Having a partner that has all of that makes a night and day difference. When I first got started, my first development project, I was 23 or 24, was a 42-unit townhome development, new construction, completely ground up. It was probably about a 5 or $6 million project. No way could I have ever qualified for that on my own. But I worked for a developer at the time, and I knew exactly what their buy box was. Uh, this was back when I was a, the in-house leasing agent for a development company here in Nashville. And I went out, found this property, and pitched it to them. And I said, hey, here's a really good deal. I'd like to partner with you all on it and see what we can do. And so I ended up getting 10% profit share on that deal. I didn't have to sign on the debt. I didn't have to know any of the vendors. They pretty much brought in the bank. They brought in the money and connected me with all the vendors and I served as the project manager. That was my role in my first project was being the sweat equity role, being on site every other day and pulling everything together. And you know, a lot of uh, newcomers to commercial real estate think, oh, 10% is not that much, it's not really worth it. It is. It's really tough for somebody that's putting all of the capital up and signing on the debt to justify really giving you any more, unless it's just an outstanding home run of a deal and, and you've got some sort of leverage on it, right? Like you've got it under contract, you've got multiple people going for it. 10% is great, especially if you're not risking your money, you're not risking your balance sheet by signing on the debt. And the biggest thing, yeah, the cash is great, but on your first project, the biggest thing is the track record and the experience, because that will help you bring in the next partnership group or get the next deal. So highly recommend going and doing that. That is by far the best way to do it. Nashville is going to do really well in commercial real estate in 2024. I think that we're going to experience some economic turmoil. I think the entire country is. Uh, but commercial real estate is an asset class. If you buy right, you can do very well in it in both good and bad economic times. Let's see. Realty Growth Inc. We know all about the weather up here in Minnesota. Welcome back. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when I talk about Nashville's woes when it comes to weather, and then you jump in from Minnesota, I mean, yeah, it's not going to compare. I mean, I, I've heard that y'all have been getting like a foot of snow at a time. Um, I think <clears throat> I was talking to some partners of mine out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They said they got 11 to 12 inches of snow twice already this year, which uh, is way too cold for me. And it's gotten down to like negative 26. I, I can't do that. I love the cold, but geez, negative 26. NVSTRZ, hope you've been well. Good morning from Houston, Texas. Justin, Justin, appreciate you jumping in, man. Good to hear from you. Um, hope everything is well in, in Houston and hopefully not as cold as it is up here. 
Brian Cowley, good morning from Connecticut. I work in commercial insurance sales and I'm looking to grow some allies in the commercial real estate industry. What are some of the best ways to network and connect? So first off, join the Urban Land Institute. I am a huge cheerleader for that group. I think that what ULI does is phenomenal for the industry. It connects all sorts of different professions and they are also pushing a lot of thought-provoking, thought-leading content out there through their meetups, through their uh, conferences. I mean, they're, they're the commercial real estate leader. And so in most markets, the top developers, the top engineers, architects, contractors, I mean, you name it, they're all involved in this group because it's a phenomenal way to get out there and learn, but also to network with the top dogs in the industry. So uh, join UOI, get on the membership team if you can, check people in at the at the front booth and hand out name tags. That's a great way to get to know everybody. Uh, you could also look up some other real estate investing uh, groups that are in your area. I joined the Real Estate Investors of Nashville, gosh, I mean, years ago, coming up on probably close to 10 years ago now, and ended up serving as a board member there. And I taught classes on commercial real estate. And that really helped me get my base when I was first starting out. You know, I, uh, I ended up getting the majority of my investors from that group on my first real estate syndication deal. So don't go join these groups and just start, you know, pandering and marketing to everybody. Go in there and actually build genuine relationships and, and the business will come. I mean, commercial real estate, just like many other professional services businesses, is all about the relationship. So just be intentional about it. And then also think about, you know, what do you enjoy doing? Is it golfing? Are you a member at a country club? You know, go spend time doing those things. Meet the other people that enjoy doing those things because then it's going to be very easy for you to go through that process and just be with them. Realty Growth sent a, uh, sent a frozen face emoji. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Glad I'm not in Minnesota. Um, anyway, catching up over, over the last month, I mean, when, I, when we left it off, I was talking to you all about our team sales meetings um, that we have started. I've got a pretty wild incentive package for our brokers this year. So really excited to see where, uh, what they do with that and, and where they take it. Um, it's always fun when you're paying sales reps to make money, right? Like you're, you're bonusing them for making money. Um, I mean, that's, that's the best way to incentivize sales reps. Commission-based people want to make more money. They, they are incentivized by that and, and driven. And so it's, uh, it's been fun working through that with them. We're actually going to be starting a new, uh, I guess, episode on this podcast where I will be giving you a monthly report on the companies. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous about doing that. I've never done anything like that before, but I wanted to have the extreme accountability of holding me on my brokerage team, on our property management team, and on our development team accountable. And I also figured it'd be good for you all to see kind of the behind the scenes, what we're doing, if you're out there looking to do these things yourselves. You know, if you want to start an investment company or you wanna start a brokerage, you wanna get started as a property manager, we'll be talking all about the behind the scenes. So I'm looking forward to those reports. We did pull the trigger on the new book. So we are in the midst of that process right now uh, really excited for the format. It's going to be very unlike any other commercial real estate book out there. And it might end up being a companion book to a much longer book, which I have been writing for going on four years now. If you are ever interested in writing a book, there are a couple different ways you can go about doing it. I mean, one, of course, you could just sit down and start writing. I did that on my first one. 
And it was a year long process of like weekly work. And gosh, is it exhausting? Worth it though, right? I mean, I released my first book when I was 25 or 26. And it's one of the best things I ever did for me, my business and business development, right? It's, it's, a, it's the best business card you could ever hand to somebody. But my second book, I decided I'm going to write it blog post by blog post. So we started in 2020 writing blog posts on different aspects of commercial real estate, which has also helped our business. I mean, if you go search industrial real estate on Google or Flexspace, you know, items like that, typically we're on the top page. So that helps drive a lot of business to the company. Meanwhile, I'm going to take all that content and turn it into a book. So there's so many different uh, industries, so many different aspects of commercial real estate that you could be doing that on to build your brand, to build your business, and, and to also become a thought leader, right? Release it out there as, as, a, as a book. It, it's actually not all that complicated, which is really fun. Um, another thing that I'm going to be focusing on more this year, we did it some last year, is... Uh, become a GP advisor, right? I've spent the last, I guess, since 2019 through 2022, because we didn't actually end up raising any capital or doing any deals in 23, syndicating deals, right? Raising capital, running my own projects. And that's great. And we'll probably continue to do that um, for quite some time. But I'm more interested now in coming in on your deals, coming in as the GP advisor, bringing that commercial real estate experience to the table and helping you with your projects. So if you're interested in bringing somebody with some expertise to the table uh, that will help you get your loan, that will help you raise capital from investors, that could help with marketing, because, hey, we throw out videos on YouTube about all of our projects, and that's actually one of the better ways that we've found to market our spaces, both to other brokers who could bring us tenants or brokers that could bring us buyers or people that are just interested in investing with us. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, one other thing I've had to deal with I don't know if you guys have ever went hard money before. I did it for the first time this past year back in June. And what, uh, or July, what a mess that has been. Uh, next time I will probably invest with some buddies of mine that do it for a living, right? Because uh, I, uh, you know, I had to touch the stove. I had to learn the hard way. Went some money to a contractor uh, to do a house flip. And, you know, I went into it with eyes wide open. I know how the process works. I know you've got to be prepared to foreclose and take the property back if they miss payments. Well, this, this contractor came to me, told me he was filing bankruptcy. I said, okay, well, let's go ahead and, um, you know, it, since you're missing payments, we'll, we'll sign a deed in lieu of foreclosure. You'll just hand me the property. We'll walk away and, you know, no harm, no foul. He ended up saying, okay, yeah, I'll sign them. We get to the finish line to sign it. And he says, you know what? Actually, I don't want to sign this. Go ahead with the foreclosure. Well, that's a much more burdensome process. I've already spent money on the legal fees to get the deed in lieu of foreclosure drafted. I say, okay, not very happy about that, but we'll go through with the foreclosure. Before we could finalize the foreclosure, he filed for bankruptcy, which froze the foreclosure. So now I'm having to meet with the uh, trustee that has been assigned by the state uh, for this account to see if we can get a uh, continuance for us to move forward with the foreclosure it has been a fun process. I'm still looking forward to getting the house back and, uh, and renovating it and going through that process, doing a very high-end house flip. I think that that'll be something that we always do on the side moving forward. I don't see why not. You know, if it, we've got a very good model, it is profitable, and it's not going to take up a significant amount of time because I've already got a team that's built to help me with all these much larger projects. So 
looking forward to that, but it is wild. I mean, if, if you've never been through bankruptcy, they have the first meeting after somebody files their bankruptcy petition. It's called the meeting of the creditors. And I got on the call about an hour early and listened to some other people that were going through their cases. Each case was like five minutes long, right? They would uh, jump on the phone. The trustee would say, is your information correct? Are these all of your assets? Do you have any other debts that are outstanding? Are there any other, other creditors that we need to add to the list? No? Okay, good luck. That's it. Five minutes, you're done, and they move forward with the bankruptcy. My call with our debtor ended up going an hour and 15, which is almost unheard of in the world of bankruptcies because this contractor ended up having six creditors, including myself, on the call. No one else had any creditors. And he stole money from all of them. He was taking deposits and, you know, sometimes in the twenty to $100,000 range, deposits. Some people were paying 100% of the project up front, which I would never do. And he would take the cash, demo the property, and disappear and change his phone number. He closed down his company. I mean, he was just stealing money. And now he's trying to bankrupt out of stealing money from people. So, of course, you know, it, it got heated on the phone and it went for a long time. So that was that was very interesting. I, you know, I don't always like being a part of the drama, but fortunately, you know, I'm, I'm a secured creditor in this case. Doesn't really matter to me as much. But it's been interesting going through the process because I've, I've just never seen this. Joe is saying, would you go in on a deal as a GC or a PM? Um, I mean, it, it depends, right? I mean, if you've got your general contractor's license, then I would I would see if you could come in as the general contractor. You know, typically, like when I'm doing my own deals, I don't allow a vendor, such as a general contractor, an architect, an engineer, to earn their fees uh, as a general partner, right? And I, and I mean that in like, okay, well, you're going to charge me a 10%, you know, markup for profit. We'll just give you, you know, 5% of the general partnership and call it even or whatever that ends up being, right? I mean, there's, it depends on how big the project is. And you got to really dive into the numbers. I prefer that they buy in as a partner and then they earn market rate fees for their services. Because if they get hit by a bus or something happens, then I'm going to have to go out and hire somebody else to finish that job, which means I'm going to have to pay market rate. So I don't want to underwrite a deal and think that, you know, I'm getting a really good deal on, on general contracting. Uh, and then turns out something happens. We have to fire them off the job, whatever it is. And I have to hire somebody else. And now we're losing money. And you still have a partner that is basically doing nothing in the deal. So you got to be very careful with that. Um, but I mean, I, my first project, I was a project manager. I think that it's a it's a great way to come in. You learn a lot. You make good role good relationships with all of the vendors, right? I mean, I was the one dealing with the plumber, the electricians, the framers, the site work guys. I mean, I was out there every other day, so I had all those guys in my back pocket. And had good relationships with them to move on to my next project. Mari is saying, "What's the best way to learn commercial real estate 101? YouTube, YouTube University." Welcome to the right channel. And we've got over, like I said earlier, over uh, closing in on 450 videos now on commercial real estate, a whole bunch on how to get started as a beginner, uh, as well as the podcast. I mean, we've, we're closing in, I'm close to 200 or more episodes on the podcast now. And there's some good books out there as well. Um, their names aren't coming to the top of my mind right now. But if you search like commercial real estate books, Cobble, which is my last name, 
I've got a blog post on the 10 best commercial real estate books. Um, and those are great places to get started because they will give you the foundation that you need. So I would say learn everything you can for free at first, right? Get that foundation. So you've got YouTube, podcast, books. I mean, obviously you're gonna have to pay for books. Um, and then look at finding a mentor or a coach or a business partner um, or a job, right? I mean, that is hands down. That's the way that I learned. That is hands down the best way to learn commercial real estate is from the inside. You get paid to learn basically, right? It's the exact opposite of college, which is why I love it so much. Yeah, maybe you're not going to make $100,000 your first year, but the amount of knowledge that you're getting is worth worth more than that, in my opinion, because in the long run, that knowledge just compounds your, your skills and compounds your income. So more than worth it. Brian Kelly saying, thanks, Tyler. I'll definitely check out UOI. Awesome. Highly recommend UOI. Great, great program. Delta is saying, noticed a lot of self-storage for sale. Any thoughts? So I have mixed thoughts on self-storage. One, I love it, right? I love it as an asset class. I think that, you know, it's the easiest for a multifamily investor or a residential investor to transition into commercial because it's very similar, right? You could have 50, 100, 200 self-storage units on a single piece of property and it operates very similar, similarly to multifamily. You'll have, you know, monthly recurring revenue and it has none of the cons of multifamily for the most part. You don't have to worry about tenants calling you on a Friday night with a broken toilet. I mean, they're going to pay you 50 to 150, you know, 200 bucks, give or take a month. They're going to drop their stuff off and they're going to forget about it. And they're going to leave it there for a very long time. My mom has had a self-storage unit for coming on like four or five years now. And, you know, she's always talking about how she needs to get over there and clean it out, but it's a lot of work. What are you going to do with all that stuff? You already got used to not having it. It doesn't fit in your new place or whatever. So it takes a lot of time to actually just go through it. And, you know, when you're writing a check for 150 bucks a month, is it really worth even going over there and dealing with? So definitely something to think about. But the problem, the things that I don't like about self-storage is that, you know, when I first got started back in 2013 and and this makes me feel like I'm a boomer, like a real, like I'm just really old. I'm used to seeing things in a different way. Self-storage was like 15 to 20% cap rates. Nobody wanted self-storage. You could get really good returns on it if you were willing to put up with it. And over the last few years, it has just skyrocketed in popularity, which means that cap rates have compressed and they're very expensive now and their returns are lower, right? I mean, we're talking about 5% cap rates sometimes, you know, maybe up to six, seven, eight percent, but they've gotten low, especially on the higher end ones. I mean, climate controlled is a totally different beast than your regular self-storage. But, uh, you know, to me, it's all about the value. And if I was able to find a self-storage deal that was at an 8% cap rate or higher with a good story to tell as to why it should stay full or it's, you know, 93% occupied and it's been historically over 90% for the last five years, then yeah, I'd be willing to pay an 8% cap rate for that. I'm not really willing to go any lower. I just don't think that it's worth the same cap rate as stabilized retail or stabilized multifamily. So that's the problem that I see in self-storage is, is people just want too much for the units. Let's see here. Deneka, I hope I'm saying that right. I'm sorry. Deneka saying, good morning. I'm interested in buying a mixed commercial property in Orlando, Florida. I'm not sure how to approach this situation. Do I need a huge capital 
do I need a lot of capital uh, to start this project? So it depends on how big the, the commercial property is. I typically recommend being prepared to bring 25% of the purchase price as a down payment. Uh, depending on the, the condition of the property, you're probably going to have to bring some more because you might need to do you know some renovations, right? Which means you may want to bring 30%. Uh, it just depends. Today, with where the interest rate environment is, with how uneasy a lot of lenders and, and investors are, I'm looking at deals saying, let's bring 30 to 35% down. It's a bigger lift. We're going to get lower cash and cash returns, but we're paying for stability. I was joking with Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets the other day. You know, we were talking about like the older that we get, the more attractive 50 50 loaned values become to us. Right. It's funny. Like when I was first getting started, it's like, how can I get a hundred percent loan? How can I get a 95% loan? Which almost never happens in commercial real estate unless you're doing seller financing. Uh, but you know, now, now that you have, we've got cash, we've got assets, we've got things that we want to protect. It's like, yeah, 50%, 40%, you know, down payment doesn't sound that bad because it makes sure that you're going to be safe. You can weather downturns. You've got lower monthly payments, which means you can cash flow a little bit more. Yes, your cash cash return is going to be lower, but you also have to factor in the security that you get by having a 50-50 loan. Most banks are not going to foreclose on that because they're in a very good position. Um, you know, I mean, 2008 being the exception, banks were closing on good deals left and right. But it puts you in a much more secure position. Whereas, you know, if you are at 20% loan to value and you lose a tenant and you have a floating rate, which I'd never recommend, then your debt service coverage ratio could get out of whack. You could get below 1.2 times, which means the bank says, hey, you need to pay down the debt enough to get above a 1.2 times debt service coverage ratio, or we're going to take the property back. They, they don't care. They're very risk averse. They do not like dealing with anything that could be, you know, a potential hazard and they will cut it off the butt. So I think that, uh, I mean, that's what I recommend 25 to 30% down. So if it's a million dollars, you need to be able to bring 250 to $300,000 down. That doesn't have to be your own cash. You could bring some investors, you know, friends and family. I mean, I look at every property as a business venture, right? It's just like Shark Tank, you know, go out, Talk to friends and family, raise, you know, 10, 20, $50,000 at a time from different people and see how many people you can get to come in with you and, and buy the property. It's uh, almost always worth it. I'll say that. Hunter's saying, looking to get into the Rackville market. Love the show, brother. Hunter, what's going on, man? Appreciate you joining live. Hunter's an old friend of mine from high school and uh, Rackville is uh, <laughs> a mythical town in which I, I would also love to invest. Hope you're doing well, man. Let's catch up soon. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it for our office hours this week. Uh, but really wanted to jump on and, and you know, of course, catch up with everybody and 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 answer your questions, anything that you had, and, and kind of show you where we're going this year. I'm really excited for the content that we're going to be producing. Um, we're looking at bringing uh, CCC to Nashville. I'm in talks with that group right now. It's a, uh, a big commercial real estate networking group based out of Atlanta and they're in multiple cities and I went down to one of their events um gosh I guess it was last summer and I was blown away I mean they had over 150 people there it was an incredible turnout and they're all you know the top cream of the crop 
uh, commercial real estate people. So excited to, to be doing that here. I'm going to be focusing more on business development this year. We're going to be producing a ton of content. We're going to be releasing a couple more courses. So uh, stay tuned. There's going to be a whole lot of commercial real estate videos, podcasts, whatever you want to learn. Uh, it'll be coming your way. If you ever, if there's ever a piece of content that you cannot find, feel free to drop me a comment on the videos. Let me know, you know, hey, you haven't talked about X. Do you think that you could do a video on that? I typically will do videos based on those comments. So uh, interact with me. Let me know how things are going. And I will see you guys next week. This episode of the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast is brought to you by CRE Launch Pro. This online commercial real estate program is designed to take you from beginner to pro commercial real estate investor with access to all of my courses, our online community, and monthly group coaching calls. Learn how to confidently buy your first commercial property today at www.crelaunchpro.com.